I have walked out on a pool deck <laughs> and oh, been like, excuse me. <laughs> and it didn't go over very well, so I didn't do that again. No. <laughs> Excuse me. Welcome to Fitspe Radio. Slip on your minimal sneakers, notch your headphones into your ears, tuck your smartphone into your pocket, and take us along for a walk while we talk. Or just grab a cup of your favorite drink and get on the floor and stretch a bit while we bring you all things fitness, core, and diastases recti related. You guys ready? Yes. Yep. All right. Born ready. Born ready. I love that. I, I love your first one, though, when you're like, I wish I could just say all those things. <laughs> I know. That is so bad. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to fit to be Radio. My name is Chris Benke. I'll be your host today. I'm here with Beth Learn. She's the CEO and founder of fit to be Studio. As always, she's happy and smiling and ready. Um, we also have with us Haley Shevener. Um, as our guest, very excited to talk to you. Um, Haley, where are you? I think you mentioned your East coast. Where are you at? Uh, the opposite. I'm in San Francisco, California. Okay. Okay. I thought I heard a New York in there in the pre-show, but Oh, the husband is from New York. No, oh, she was talking about the States. The States. Okay. Now we have to say why we were talking about that. Okay. Okay. So tell us, tell us how we got into this. Yes. It's because of her last name. Yeah. All right. Oh, right. Yes. We were talking about how my husband and I, um, when we were married, when we got married, we decided to combine uh, the letters of our last name to okay. become Shevener. And that the state of California, New York, and I believe there's one other state uh, allows for this process to happen without having to pay extra and put an ad in the paper kind of a thing. Right. <laughs> Just when you get yeah. married. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. There Got we it. go. But you're That's not in New York. You're not in, in California. Yes. Yes. Where, where about in California? San Francisco. San Francisco. Yes. How long have you been there? Do you like it there? Uh, my whole life. I have never lived anywhere else. Wow. Aww. So you must like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I do. Uh, <laughs> I, the thought of leaving is, is more overwhelming than considering whether or not I'd like to live somewhere else. But my parents are here. Um, I'm really comfortable here. I don't drive, so that really limits my yeah. choices. Um, yeah, yeah. And this is just a really nice, I mean, of all the places to call home if you don't have a car and yeah. you have to here, this is a great place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So has it changed? I mean, if you've been there your whole oh, life, has it changed a lot? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the area where I grew up is, is dramatically different. Um, my dad bought the house in 1972 for $20,000. It's about wow. a $2 million piece of land at this point. Wow. I mean, it's, just, it's ridiculous. And yeah. going down to the places where I used to go growing up, it's, it's completely changed. Everything's different. Yeah. Well, it's a fun place. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for spending time with us today. We're excited Absolutely. to talk to you. Yeah. Um, so how, do you in, how did you and Beth connect? I, I always like asking that question to kind of figure that where the connection is. Well, yeah. I, think, I think I found her. Okay. I, I think I found you. Sometimes it's the other way around where people find me, but I think I started by stalking you. And I think I connected with you through Brianna. Yeah, or Jen, or we've got that pre-postnatal yes. fitness pro uh, yes. group on Facebook, which mm-hmm. is where I definitely connected with a lot of people initially. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a, such a nice little I don't know. I feel like such a tight knit community, even though we're spread out so far, and it's, yeah. it's 
nice supportive system on the it is. And I like that it is supportive and it's not competitive per se. Totally. And like, it's a place where we can post if we have questions and things. Yeah. Um, I know like I follow you on Instagram and y'all got to follow her on Instagram. What's your Instagram account? What's it called? Okay. Um, and I should know that, but you know, I wasn't sure if it was something okay. like kettlebell mojo. I couldn't remember <laughs> in the moment. Um, so I just love following you because we think alike when it comes to being really creative with fitness and doing it in strange places with strange things sometimes and getting out of the box of fitness and not getting trapped by do these moves in these ways. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's so important for the population. I think that we're working with, they don't necessarily have the ability to spend two hours at a gym. Everything is super regimented. And so to have the flexibility and to have the understanding that movement is really everywhere um, and not confined to a specific, you know, designated place where we go to do movement, I think is so empowering to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love your porch sessions. Like you, 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 <laughs> that, that camera up. very, very popular. Yes. <laughs> like I just wish, I wish I was your neighbor. I know it sounds very, well, stuff. it's actually funny because I met my neighbor who lives in that building that you'll see. I bought tickets to go see Hamilton from a guy that was like, you look familiar. <laughs> I was like, yes, I think you've seen me. <laughs> on my recognize me from such sessions as kettlebell on my deck. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they seem to enjoy being my neighbor too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've really dialed in your kettlebell strategy uh, in terms of pelvic organ issues. And, mm-hmm. and it's been so great to just watch you over the last couple of years and learn from you. Um, but I am not a kettlebell expert. Fit to be, we have a couple of basic kettlebell, like here's how you pick it up. <laughs> here's how you do a very basic swing, mostly about the breath. And I tell them, look, if you like this, you need to go learn from someone else because I, this is just the basics. Yeah. Um, and you're coming out with a program. I am. I'm super excited about it. It's going to be a comprehensive course that walks women through not just kettlebell movements, but the why behind the movements themselves and then the strategy. So touching a lot on women's health, pelvic floor function, diastasis recti, Mm -hmm. menopause, issues that um, I think that we don't always consider when we're thinking about like a high intensity training, uh, but that need to live in the same wheelhouse that there are women going to kettlebell classes or that want to use kettlebells that are leaking or that are managing pelvic organ prolapse like Mm -hmm. myself. Um, and we need more coaches who understand that. And we need more women who understand that they can participate, uh, to a certain extent for most people, as long as they're monitoring their strategy and they're monitoring their symptoms and they're working with professionals that can help them like a pelvic floor PT, like a qualified kettlebell instructor who understands women's health. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Preach. Yeah, hoping to blend both of those worlds together a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to step back just a little bit and kind of get more of a, an overview for those that don't necessarily know all about what you do. Yeah. So like on your website, it says unconventional training using kettlebells, barbells, and ones on body weight. I really want you to expand on unconventional training. That sounds cool. Yeah. 
I think we have a set idea of what one can do with a barbell, for instance. Right. We can squat with it, we can deadlift it, we can press it. And we can do so much more than that because the barbell itself is just an object. The kettlebell is just an object. And so we're not confined by this system or these ideas of what that tool is good for. Um, when we really understand just movement or what we're interested in or our creative process, I think we can get a little bit more unconventional and start playing around with, well, okay, yes, I could press the barbell and that's an excellent option, but what else could I do with it? What else, what other purpose could it serve? And that's for me when movement gets really interesting and when I start to feel my own light bulbs go off and then when I'm working with clients, when they start to see like, well, what if we did this? Well, what about that? And it just becomes this really flexible learning process instead of just reps and sets and reps and sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when it gets boring and that's when people yeah. start dreading their workout. Right. Totally. And like there's a purpose, there's a point to very simple training that is, you know, five sets of five reps. And that absolutely has value. And I incorporate mm-hmm. that into my basic strength programs for myself and for my clients. But I love getting to a place where we can see that that is the tool to be able to do all of these other options. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So what is it, an unconventional movement that you do with a barbell? Like what's I mean, it? you could pick it up with one hand, you could rotate with it, you could drag it around. I mean, you're, right. you're really only limited by what you can come up with and right. your environment, which makes it really fun because every place that you're in is going to have a different setup. And I train at a couple different gyms that, you know, one has a ton of floor space, one doesn't really have any. And so the, the, my workout becomes, well, how can I move with this barbell in this confined right. space in as many ways as possible? And I like taking a piece of equipment, um, like a medicine ball or like a Viper trainer or a kettlebell or a barbell. And my entire workout becomes, well, how many different things can I do with this? And sometimes it gets really weird and sometimes it doesn't work out. Um, but, but then you find those really magical moments where you're like, oh, right. I see so much more than what this tool is actually, you know, maybe designed to do. And, and, uh, and for, and for women with prolapse or diastases, that's huge because so much of early rehab is about careful, oops, yes. look, step back, avoid. And, and that's important for a few weeks. Yep. Yeah. But it quickly needs to become about yes. do things, expand, right. bring the breath, bring the alignment, bring the things in. Even as you've been pointing out though lately, we don't always have to be aligned. Right. Totally. Because we're not always aligned. And right. aligned is, is, can mean so many things. Like we, we are always aligned. We're aligned in some way. Whether or not it's optimal for every single thing is, you know, you have to consider, well, what does optimal mean? It's optimal for me to pick up my son in this way, in this moment, because that's the only way I was going to get him off the ground. Right. It might not look like a textbook optimal description, but can I do it as optimally as possible with my core pelvic floor health in mind and be able to execute the movement and then just move on with my life without dwelling on you know, did I do it right? Am I doing you know, everything that I need to be doing? I think that the women that I work with often get, um, get really worked up about information that can feel really restrictive. And so I try to give them a little bit more parameters to work with so that mm-hmm. they don't have to obsess about it. 
Yeah. Um, that they could still focus on healing and restoring their function and strength um, without, without getting down on themselves. Because they do that on their own. Yeah. I've discovered, um, you know, on fit to be, we're constantly, I'm constantly preaching, <laughs> be nice to yourself, have grace. Mm-hmm. Don't be hard on yourself. This is not about getting everything perfect. And even then, be- yeah. and I think part of that is that we are working with this particular demographic that already feels like they're falling apart and they're already overanalyzing themselves. Yep. And, um, and yes, we're asking them to, to analyze, but to not overanalyze and finding that balance is really precarious. It's really tricky. Oh yeah. It's, it's so hard. And I'm someone that does tend to be a black and white thinker. I'm, I've often been a person where like, it wasn't good Me enough. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I bring all of that to, and I did bring all of that to my movement. And especially when I discovered I had prolapse, I felt as if I, you know, suddenly had no idea what I was doing. And I, I couldn't reconcile that this had happened to me when I had been trying so hard to do everything right. Mm-hmm. And understanding that you can do everything right and still have issues or, you know, vice versa. Um, yeah. And it just, it was, it's become so powerful to me to be able to start letting that go one step at a time, one movement at a time. Exercise just becomes a tool for me to be able to express that. And, and I can see that in your movement, you know, talking to you about like unconventional stuff makes me really want to go back to my gym this next Monday. Um, mm-hmm. and grab a barbell and just drag it in between the machines. Totally. <laughs> because if one thing that frustrates me about this particular facility is they have good equipment, but there's so much of it. There's like barely enough room to walk. I'm like, how is this not a fire hazard? The one time I tried to move the box jump to where I could actually jump on it and then grab the pull up and do a pull up. So jump, pull, then step down, kind of a more comp. Hey, let's actually do complex motion. The guy in the red shirt comes over. Hey, where, where, where are you going with that? Oh, and I'm boy. like, I'm moving it to where I can actually use it. I'll put it back. Oh, oh, okay. Well, just, just be careful. God forbid that we actually oh, yes, move a right piece now. of equipment. Or see the environment as somewhere to play, which it is. Yeah. It, it, people get so serious in gyms. And yeah. it's so funny to, to catch eyes sometimes with people who are watching me do like sometimes totally absurd things. I um, love watching the people views. in the background of your videos. Totally. Like, <laughs> sometimes they'll start taking videos and I'm like, oh, but I got you first. <laughs> but you know, we get so bogged down by the system of the gym and like, well, if this machine does this and I have to do this on it. But what if you could do something else on it? Well, right. but that's not what it's for. But like we made all of this stuff up anyway. Like <laughs> we literally made the stuff up so that we could use it. So why don't we use it in a way that we want to use it? Right. Yeah. Why don't we have fun with it? <laughs> totally. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. How have you, how have you interact? Like when you start doing this in the gym, what, what do people do? Are they kind of used to you doing? I think at this point they're mostly like used to my, my shenanigans. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I get some weird, I get some weird looks. I've had some people come over to me and tell me that, well, that's not how you actually do that movement. Um, oh, which, I like when what you said mansplain, please oh, yeah. mansplain yeah. me how to do kettlebells. Yes. Please. I had I, a guy, I was, 
I was riffing off of a Turkish getup. So it was, the foundation was a Turkish getup, which is a series of movements to get up and down from the ground uh, with a kettlebell overhead. And I was making stuff up because it was what spoke to me in the moment. And this guy mm-hmm. comes over and he's like, oh, so actually when you put your leg down, you want to make sure that it's, <laughs> it's like, but that, I'm not doing that movement. Uh, and it just, you know, it brought up a, a whole host of ideas of mine and just that we're, a lot of times I think we're really afraid of creativity and we're really afraid of letting go. And as adults, we don't play and we don't, like, I think a lot of my clients who have children, they, I, they understand the concept of play as children mm-hmm. and how valuable that is. But when I ask them to play or we play a game, they're like, well, what is the purpose of this game? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so like, we get so stuck in that, in that world, that everything has to be the way that it's set out to be. Uh, and yeah. it has to be, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. helpful. I think well, it's, and, oh, go ahead, Chris. I, I think it's super interesting too, because a lot of people will go on and on about, well, you need to do it this certain way because this is the safe way. But the irony is, is that most people are doing most exercises incorrectly anyway. So they're already not safe. So it's, it's just, it just becomes a, a silly, irrelevant point, right. but it's still the one that's going to make the point. And usually the guy that's probably coming up to you and telling you that probably doesn't know how to do the Turkish getup anyway. Oh, totally. Right. Well, and then, you know, the people that are really concerned about safety, sometimes my question is, well, what happens when we get outside of the gym and you see someone pick up their three suitcases on one leg, uh, rotated around, you know, they're not thinking about those movements. And so why don't we train a little bit more awkwardness? Why don't we train something that is a little bit more unconventional? Because that's what real life is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. I've seen you with your goats and with <laughs> your, you know, vacuum and whatever else. <laughs> all kinds of fun things. Yeah. Uh, those things don't have, I mean, maybe the vacuum has a handle, but they don't have, you know, there's no goat with a kettlebell handle. Right. right. Uh, which is a product that I should probably invent. But more like a sandbag, like picking up totally. a goat like sandbag training. Exactly, which is great. It's a sandbag that squirms. Yeah, it has hooves. <laughs> yeah, that can, that can kick you. You know, um, when kettlebell training first came out, I remember the moment when I first heard about it. Mm-hmm. It was from the weird guy at the gym. This is like 20 years ago. Okay. And he was the weird guy that was always trying different things. He was an ultra marathoner. He was always a little bit stinky because he was constantly working out. (laughs) Um, and, and he was like, Hey, I want to show you something. And the lights were kind of dim. And I felt a little uncomfortable there in the gym on the, cause he pulled me into the aerobic studio by myself. Wow. And And then he has this kettlebell and he's like, these are kettlebells. These are from wherever they're from. Look at how uneducated I sound right now. But in the moment, I was like, what? They're from where? What are you? And then he was swinging them. And I'm like, whoa, that's not linear. Because all of my training up to that point had been very like, we're going to do a bicep curl. We're going to keep all the joints in line. We're going going to keep the joints in line. Yes, there's a time and place for that. Um, So he's doing all these crazy things. And I was just like, hey, Jim, wow, that's interesting. Okay, well, all right. Good luck with that. Don't kill yourself. Right. And then did Bye. you, did you investigate further or you were just kind of put off? I was so like, this is way out of my comfort zone and I don't even know what to think right now. I didn't even look it up and it seriously was not until only five or six years ago that it even really came across my radar in a coherent way that made me go, Oh, wait a second. 
Mm. Maybe there's something to this. <laughs> totally. Because, because kettlebells themselves, where I'm going with that, is they are very creative. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All just, on their uh, own. Yes. Yes. They lend themselves to so much uh, mm-hmm. movement in different planes um, and, and working just different areas of the ground and your body. And they're super dynamic, um, which is why they've really resonated with me. Yeah. I haven't found that kind of fluidity mm-hmm. with uh, just solid object um, ever. Yeah. So, here, here's, here's the biggest kettlebell I have. 20 pounder. So so, so far, far. yes, yeah. <laughs> growth mindset right there. Growth mindset. Oh yeah, always. Um, <laughs> and um, and I'm really proud of it. This is one of the ones I've used in in fit to be routines. We keep, like I said, keep it very very basic. That's okay. Um, and and my my dream is actually to get to get one of your routines on fit to be one of these days. Absolutely. We'll just we'll just showcase the. Haley Shevener I love workout. It. You already did contribute to our pubic symphysis dysfunction routine. I did. I, I did. gathered information from you and several others on good movements to use. And that has been an amazing routine, but tell me, here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. The breath during the swing, the basic yeah. swing. Totally. In, in traditional kettlebell swings. Yes. I feel like it's like, and it's happening quick when people are doing real, like, and yep. for, for the video that I made for fit to be, I really slowed it down mm-hmm. and I like to do the X, like the exhale when there's the downswing happen, mm-hmm. the, it's going down, your, your face is down and then you're grabbing the inhale at the top. Is that, cause I don't know how you cue that. Is that similar to what you do at that stage as well? So it depends. I think that you can do anything to be quite frank. I, in terms of making it work for someone, um, there are styles which will prioritize an exhale on the backswing and an inhale as the hips extend. Right. What I typically cue is this from the setup. I have that blow before you go that exhale starts into the hike. Right. And then first exhale continues from the hike to the lockout at the top. Right. And then quick inhale starts and the, you get that exhale right before you come from changing the direction of the bell. So it's coming back into your hike. Exhale starts here to bring you back up. Generally, that's the concentric or the most challenging movement right. for to get. You're having to switch directions. You're being pulled back. Um, and so for me, that's what's felt most supportive to my pelvic floor. Right. Uh, the biggest thing for me has always been that initial one because you're taking the kettlebell from zero to moving. Mm-hmm. And so that's your biggest IAP potential increase there. Yeah. Intra-abdominal so pressure. Want, yeah. Totally. So I want that exhale to help me relieve some of that inhalation generated pressure, but to give me that recoil from, from, from my pelvic floor to give me a little bit more support when I hike it back and then to stand up. Yeah, that's generally what I coach for most people on most ballistic movements. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it gets more, it gets more interesting when you get into movements like, say, a clean, yeah, or snap, where then the direction and where the load is really occurring changes just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I always want someone to be able to nail the swing down first. That can take someone, you know, it takes as long as it takes, but it, it, to really develop what I would consider to be like mastery of the kettlebell swing can right. take years. Oh yeah. I mean, I've been working on mine and just on my own. And I feel like I have to rework it whenever I take the weight up. To yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's different every day. 
every day for me, I mean, I almost exclusively, no, not so much exclusively anymore, but I use kettlebells in my own training most days that I train. And mm-hmm. even still, every day is a little bit different, which is one yeah. of the things I love about them. They really yeah. let themselves to forcing you to focus. And my perspective shifted from always focusing on you know, well, how hard am I working or how, you know, how many calories am I burning like years mm-hmm. ago? To how many skills am I acquiring and how invested am I in those particular skills? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I think that's such a nice focus, especially for adults or for moms who can, you know, it, it becomes kind of more like a hobby than just a, I have to exercise now. Right. 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 And in, in some ways in, in that aspect, it's like yoga where it becomes depthless and it becomes about unifying your mind and body. And, and like, I can nail the, what do you call it? Um, where the, your, your elbow stays relaxed through the swing, mm-hmm. right? The, the floppy arm, is that what you call it? Depends. I mean, most, most of the time we cue a straighter arm, mm-hmm. um, but there are elements of like the clean or the snatch where you're going to have yep. more of a bent elbow. And yep. some people swing with uh, what I call T-Rex arms. So their arms are here. <laughs> You know, different different swings or different strokes for different folks, uh, and and really, you know, the, there are different styles of kettlebell training. And what I think is really interesting is being able to step away from one particular style and say mm-hmm. that we can use this in a variety of different ways for a variety of people uh, who have a variety of needs, and it can really be versatile and dynamic and scalable. And like, for instance, your bell, which I know you're making fun of it because you think it's not heavy, <laughs> but for certain movements, for me, that would be way too heavy. And yeah. Oh, no, I have a 10 pounder too. Totally. <laughs> you can always, um, I tell people like, even if you go up a size in bell, like keep your old bells because you can find so many different things to do with them. Yeah. I, I am, my 10 pound bell is what I use for my Turkish getups still. Great. I, cause with my, with my shoulder and my neck history, yep. that is enough for me. Absolutely. And it's not about getting up to heavier stuff. Like you said, it's about the skill. Yeah. It's about the coordination. I want to feel smooth. I want to feel comfortable. Totally. The, he- the hardest kettlebell or a Turkish getup that I've ever done is with a glass of water. So maybe weighs eight ounces, but trying not to let the water spill. I mean, talk about like a sense of urgency and stress in a good way. There you go. It makes you find balance because you know exactly when the water spills. People will get sloppy with the weight. They won't look at it. But when you put a glass of water over them, oh, okay. Well, now I'm going to get yeah. wet. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want to get wet. Right. <laughs> that makes for a good summer class right there. Summertime. Totally. Thank you. I guess it's always sunny in San Francisco, though. It's, no, it's not at all. What? <laughs> No, we, this is, this is the part of California where everyone seems to understand, not understand that it's not just sunny LA, California. <laughs> you see the poor tourists who come in shorts and then they're at like some store down in the, you know, tourist district buying every sweatshirt and pair of pants <laughs> that they have because it's actually quite chilly most days. Oh, hmm. I didn't know that. Fog and clouds and moderate temperatures. Yes. Right so, there. really like where I live. Pretty Except much. Except not yeah. as much rain. Yeah, not as much rain. <laughs> um, so, you, you were touching on it a little bit at the beginning, but you're in the middle of developing this kettlebell course, and it sounds like it's going to be extensive, 
Like I'm going to take it. Expensive, it not cool. expensive. Not expensive. Um, <laughs> oh, good. Appropriately priced, expensive totally. in information. Yes. Tell yes. us about that and, yeah. and creating it. Yeah. So you'll walk through the course. It'll be held on a platform um, designated for teaching courses. Uh, and you'll initially walk through a little intro and then I launch into, okay, here's why this course is relevant or here's why we have to be discussing women's health when we're discussing any movement practice, but especially mm-hmm. one that's a high intensity um, skill set. And so yeah. we walk through anatomy basics. Um, and I try not to get, I could go really deep into, I, I made a 900 page PowerPoint last year. So I'm trying not to go there. (laughs) So I could do that, but I'm trying not to do that. Uh, So it's maybe an hour of, you know, Hey, here's your deep core system. Let's talk about your glottis. Let's talk about your pelvic floor. Let's talk about your diaphragm. Let's talk about these things that most people don't realize even exist. Uh, and so we lay down the foundation of what we're even discussing when we're talking about the core. And then I start to layer on, okay, well, here's the situation that could be potentially happening if you're pregnant, if you're postpartum, your body has gone through this incredibly transformative process, and these things may not have uh, rehabilitated properly, and you might be experiencing something like leaking or pelvic organ prolapse pain, anything like that, where I really, I I don't know how many times I say it in this course, but I should be getting some like physical therapy association should be paying me (laughs) every time I mention. I feel like that too. I feel like I should, there should be like a a gold star. But I really try and like, I I want to, to some extent, I want someone who maybe just thinks it's a kettlebell course to be lured in and, mm-hmm. uh, and have to understand the importance of women's health um, and vice versa. Someone who maybe is more inclined to just want to understand women's health, I want them to see the value and how friendly uh, kettlebells can be instead of just being intimidated by them. So we start there and then I start to dial in. It's very friendly. Yes. <laughs> we start to dial in strategy and I talk about all the different cues from different people that I've worked with and mentors um, and how we can start to think about it. it's not just what we're doing, but how we're doing it. Right. And the importance of the practice really has to encompass how and why. And so I really wanted to allow people to have the opportunity to understand the how and the why, because for me, that makes the what so much easier. If you understand where you're coming from and why you're doing these things and how it supports these structures, it's much easier for you to make autonomous choices instead of having me just dictate the rest of your training. And mm-hmm. so I really want people to go through these first couple modules of this course and start to have the light bulbs come off themselves, coming on for themselves, where they start to piece together like, oh yeah, you know, maybe the way that I've been doing this has been contributing in some way to the symptoms that I'm experiencing. And maybe there is a different way that I can do that. Right. From there, I start to drill through six, seven fundamental kettlebell movements, swing, single arm swing. Squat, lean, Turkish get up, windmill, snatch. Um, and we start to dial it or we start to add the strategy to just a basic learning process. So, for the swing, for instance, the first movement we start with is an isometric bridge. You've got to start simple and slow before we even think of getting close to complex and fast. Right. So we right. work through those progressions. And I always like to say, you know, I've I run a pop 
prolapse group on Facebook called Pop Fitness. And there are a lot of people that are really concerned with getting back to high intensity or high skill activities. Mm -hmm. I always remind them that we can change our mindset and think you might not be swinging a kettlebell today, but you're training for that intention and right. training with that mindset. And so it makes doing the like more boring stuff so much more fulfilling when you're using that intention. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of coaching people through the mindset of how to, how to look at this as practice and skill instead of just, okay, do 10 sets of 12 reps and then right. move on. Like right. let's move on when you actually can do an isometric bridge and feel the things that we want to feel and be able to not have to think so much about it so really coaching people through owning each movement and making it theirs with the strategy that works for them instead of dictating like, this is what we're doing now. And this, yeah. you know, I'm not going to tell you why. So mm-hmm. I hope that someone can go through this process and, and really start to appreciate not just working with kettlebells, but how we can do this for any movement that they might want to do. Mm-hmm. And then movement becomes much more available to them because a lot of people are asking you know, is this safe? Is that safe? Is this safe? Right. And I want people to know that my course is, is safe because ultimately you are in charge and you mm-hmm. get to decide what is appropriate for you. Here's the blueprint for how we can start to progress. But I say it 17,000 times that you're not ready if you're still seeing symptoms or if you haven't met the prerequisites, if you don't have the mobility yet, or if you don't have the strength or the skill, that's okay. We're just going to keep working on that And once we get there, we'll get there. But let's just go with where we are and really honor and accept our bodies so that we can really experience all the awesome things that they can do. So I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that someone goes through this course and starts to really appreciate structuring their movement practice, whatever it is, as practice um, and having that mindfulness in it instead of just, you know, I mean, I do all sorts of movements where I'm, you know, I'm just trying to tune out maybe. And there's so much Mm -hmm. value to that. But I think we work up to that. And yeah. first, that mindfulness um, is so additive, I think. And it's, it's right. really successful uh, to allow someone the freedom to eventually, sure, you want to just zone out for a little bit and go for it. Yeah, well, let's earn the ability to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, you do have to earn it, too. You know, um, you and your husband did a, a workshop recently. Yes, it was so amazing. Uh, it's called kettlebell passing, partner passing. And it's basically flipping uh, or tossing a kettlebell to your partner. And I cried in the, uh, in, the in a good way, um, yeah. in like soul, soul relieving way. Uh, the instructor who's this very in tune guy, um, Michael, he was, he was excellent. And he picked up in, in three minutes of us just kind of swinging to ourselves initially, he picked up everything that was going on in my head. He was like, Hey, you know, it looks like, looks like you're having trouble letting go. And I was just like, Oh, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> my husband, uh, he mentioned to my husband, you know, it looks, you might need to take some initiative sometimes. And in our relationship, I am, I'm the assertive one. And mm-hmm. it is challenging for my husband to, to step up and take initiative sometimes. And he just picked up on that so quickly. But my favorite moment was when my husband and I were swinging to each other. We had progressed to that point, and I was just kind of dictating the session as I am prone to do. Uh huh. I, I cannot relate to that. <laughs> not not at all. Right. And uh, Michael <laughs> Michael said to me, you know, hey, if you're going to take charge, you need to communicate what it is that you're going to do. 
And it was such a like, mm, this is not really about kettlebells, is it? <laughs> this is about <laughs> my, like a relationship moment. And it was, he was so supportive and so kind in his delivery. And he really wanted us to be able to be with each other in that movement. Because if you've ever seen, look up kettlebell partner passing, if you don't know what it is, but everyone sees it and is like, this is absolutely terrifying. I am terrified for my feet. I'm terrified for my hands. I'm terrified for my partner um, <laughs> because it is truly growing. I mean, these were like 30 pound weights at each other and hoping that we would catch them. But you, you wow. become so in touch with your partner because you have to be making eye contact. You have to say, are you ready? Uh, is this okay? Mm-hmm. And you have to adapt to whatever your partner throws at you. And it was such a we, we decided that anytime we're having an argument, we are going to go out in the backyard and pass and to each throw other. things at each other. Forces, yes. yes. Because <laughs> it forces you to be present with your partner. Even if something's not going well, and this is something that I've taken from my training, even if it's not going well, if you're present, at least you have yourself in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it was such a lovely life lesson, um, which I just feel like movement is one big life lesson, big metaphor. But Oh, wow. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, but that, that was such a, a fun, fun way. And, and, you know, I was just so proud to have been able to work up to something that was absolutely terrifying for me. Like when we first got there, I was like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do this. You know, anytime I put my training in the hands of someone else, I think because of, you know, the issues that I've dealt with, with pelvic organ prolapse specifically, I do tend to become very guarded with, you know, well, I know what to do for myself, but what if I go in a situation where someone else doesn't really understand this and I get put in, you know, something that I'm uncomfortable with. But what I've learned is that I'm always in charge. And in terms of I get to decide if it feels appropriate for me, because I've learned so much about my body through this experience, that I'm able to challenge myself with things, because I know that ultimately, I can keep myself safe if I stay true to myself. Right, right. Now, is your course going to include a kettlebell passing segment? Uh, Absolutely not. Uh, (laughs) I don't have enough legal <laughs> fees to throw out at that kind of waiver. <laughs> but uh, if you want to see some of it, you can go, go to my Instagram and Michael teaches an excellent workshop. <laughs> yes. It, it's beautiful. I remember when I saw that first come out on your feed and I was like, Oh yeah. Right. Oh. It, it oh. attracts you and it makes, you know, it's, it's also interesting to see what the reaction is. I think that it tells a lot about a person. There were some people who were just like, they wanted to point out every potential injury that one could have. You know, they wanted to really highlight as if I didn't know <laughs> that, that something could happen. Yes, I took this and then, whole workshop, but I'm not informed. Thank totally. And, right. and then there were people who saw the connection. And it really, like, it, it was very interesting for me just to see the response. Mm. And it tells us so much about ourselves, the things that we see first, and that we're willing to share with people. Hmm. And so it was, it was such an opportunity for connection or it's an opportunity for you to see the inherent danger. Yeah. Well, when <laughs> my, the first word I thought of was, was beauty. Yeah. When I saw it's it. It's really lovely to watch. I mean, you just get kind of lulled into that rhythm that you have to have. It's a dance and, mm-hmm. uh, and dance is beautiful, even if it's a little, a little scary sometimes. Yeah, it is. I, you, you're good at taking the scary things about, working out and motherhood and being raw and transparent and honest about them um, in a way that doesn't offend me. There are some people who say the same things you do, 
with similar wordings mm-hmm. and you're a little saucy, but it saucy. doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it's because you're authentic about it and the way that you splash in your accent words per se, sure, it comes, it comes across as this is just being real. You're not doing it to get attention. You're right. not doing it. Just, just, just do it. It's, it's where you're really at in the moment. And, um, like, like your birthday post about your son when he had this party and you're like, yeah, this is messed up. This is effed up. I'm, (laughs) I am the worst mom ever right now. But I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly how I felt at my son's second birthday. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And there's so much for me, beauty and opportunity in our struggles and, that's writing is so cathartic to me. It was the first thing that I wanted to do as like a three-year-old. I would write books about how I wanted to write books. And uh, the, the biggest tool for healing that I've ever found is just being able to vocalize what it is that I'm feeling. And it makes the scary things still scary, but it, it allows me to connect to them and to the people that I know are going through very similar things. And we can make them less intimidating um, when we realize that, you know, yes, those things are scary, but we're also very powerful and we can use them to fuel things that, that do feel good. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that. Yep. Got a lot. As you're working with, um, your clients and helping them kind of walk through whatever seasons of life they're in and kind of teaching them some of these new skills, what, what are the things that have surprised you over the years as you've kind of gotten into some of this stuff? Mm, surprise. You know, I will say I'm, I'm sometimes difficult to surprise. <laughs> oh. um, but I think sometimes I really enjoy, this is, this is somewhat related, I really enjoy watching someone make a discovery for themselves. And mm-hmm. sometimes I think that people come in... And they expect, uh, you know, when you hear personal trainer, I think you you have a very yeah. uh, typical opinion there's, of what that yeah. looks like. There's a then, an image that pops into your head. Absolutely. And I don't know that my training is that image. <laughs> right. And, um, and what's fun is to see people become really receptive to that and to be willing to challenge the things that they've told themselves for years about their bodies or about their capabilities right or about their interests and, uh, and to watch someone, you know, kind of blossom into this new empowered version of, oh, yeah. I think who they actually are, um, is really the gift of the work that I do. And is so, I mean, it's a gift to me. And mm-hmm. uh, so I guess the surprise is really that people are willing to be vulnerable and willing to continue to show up even when it's hard. Um, because there have been so many times in my life and I know so many other people's lives when I just couldn't show up and uh, to, to be able to witness someone be willing to take that transformation with another person, uh, is really, is really special. And especially as a very classic introvert, despite my professional forced extroversion, uh, it's, it's especially cool to see that because my default is to process alone. And Mm -hmm. so I force people to process with me. Right. Uh, and do it doing something that most people feel really awkward initially doing. Like mm-hmm. when you're, when I'm first working with someone, I work with a lot of beginners um, who, you know, don't know how to do or, or just haven't had the opportunity to move in a particular way. Mm-hmm. And right. so taking them through that process and being able to see, see those light bulbs kicking on is, is just yeah. 
you know, it, it is, even though it, I see it every day, it still surprises me that I'm so lucky to be able to do that. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I know. Isn't what we do great. It's so great. I, I mean, I, I obviously can't imagine doing anything else, but <laughs> it's, it's so great. It's so great. I got my husband doing it. That was <laughs> um, we started once, once our son was born and he, he real. I mean, that used to be the only thing we thought about was that I would try and, and bring him through a workout, which if you ever want to get divorced, that is a great way. <laughs> <laughs> force your partner to do a workout with you. Yeah, that he force doesn't your partner do. to do something that you're really good at that makes them feel really incapable <laughs> and then do it in a way that's not actually that nice. Yeah, just do that a couple times and see how uh, how much you learn about yourself. Um, but he, you know, that initially did not start well. But he started to. I realized that I needed to leave him be, and he wasn't going to work out with me, and that was going to be totally fine. But then he started to understand things about movement that he connected to, and mm-hmm. watching him develop that interest has been also really cool. And I think yeah. helpful for him too to have someone who's kind of been around the block a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know how we started talking about that, but yeah. Oh, no, it's all good. Cool. It's all good. Um, yeah, <coughs> I, my husband has worked out with me a few times, mm-hmm. um, but I can't watch him. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> exactly how I thought. Now, but now it's so lovely to watch him. I work out sometimes uh, at Equinox, which is where he works sometimes. And I see him working with his female clients and his male clients, and he talks about pelvic floor function. He has so frequently referred people to the pelvic floor physical therapist that I've seen. Um, and so I, I do feel like I have this, uh, I've got this little mole that I'm planting <laughs> in different people. Uh, but it's, it's so nice to see men, personal trainers who are male, who are working with female clients and be able to say without some like, you know, without fear, like, hey, let's yeah. talk about pelvic floor function because it matters to the goal that you're trying to achieve and it matters to the work that we're doing. And it's really been nice, I think, for the people that work with him to see a male doing that work. Um, well, isn't it, I, I don't know if I've seen any recent stats on this, but I remember when I first got started, being a female personal trainer was not the norm. Oh, no, no. I mean, I remember very distinctly, I started uh, almost 13 years ago now and I was the only woman in the weight room. Yeah. Like, we, th- there were no women in, there were it, like, they were so excited to have a female on staff. Mm-hmm. Wow. But yet yeah. women make up the biggest, yeah, some, some portion, just a small, small smidgen. I, yeah. You're sort of relevant, but you know, oh my gosh, she's being sarcastic. People. <laughs> yeah. We're pretty much like we, we have all like most, not all mostly male personal trainers, at least as far as what I see in gyms, I just don't know about like American statistics. Um, and then you have mostly female clients. And so (laughs) this information, they need to be, these male personal trainers need to be comfortable with it. They need to go up to speed. Yes. Oh yeah. And it needs to, I mean, pelvic floor function is not just specific to women. Um, and it's not specific to women who have had children and it needs to be something that is discussed more than a paragraph of every certification textbook I've ever owned. If that, I mean, a paragraph would be great. There's usually a one word mention. Right. Yeah. And so, and that's why it's so great that you're putting that information into your course because, um, as people look for training on these things, 
they, we can't take for granted. And I find myself kind of almost following, falling into this trap of thinking, well, everybody should know this. I mean, I've been oh, doing yeah. this now for eight years. Surely everybody knows this by now. I mean, right? surely this is old news. It's not, which is, yeah. you know, it's surprising, but it's also not surprising. And, and that's why I try to go to as many general fitness things as I possibly can, because you start to see where the disconnect is mm. or, or, what else? The other thing that you see is you start to see connecting dots. Like I was at the strength matters summit in San Diego a week and a half ago, and there were two discussions on pelvic floor function, um, which I thought was great. It was entirely male run, which, you know, but uh, <laughs> every presenter was male, but there, they were, were talking about pelvic floor function in, in the discussions that I was listening into. And I, I was excited about that. Good. Yeah. Good. I, I, when I was at the gym, um, yesterday, I only go once a week. I talk about that. Like I go all the time. I don't, I'm just very excited about it right now. Cause, Good. cause I just restarted. I've, I've had gym memberships on and off as they've suited me, you yeah. know, being a home fitness person, Totally. but lately I've been craving some more iron in my diet. And so, um, and this place has a pool for my kids to swim. It's fantastic. They're old enough to swim on their own. It is glorious. Oh yeah. That's and great. so yeah, I go and um, I'm on the spin bike yesterday and I am watching a trainer training um, another woman. It's, it's actually a female trainer who was in her golden years, shall we say. And the woman she was training was in her golden years as well. And you know what? I would have been very excited about that, except for the fact that she was having this lady who was at least in her early 70s um, lay on her back and do the ball pass between hands and feet. You know what I'm talking about? Wow. You know, they grab the ball and they reach back and then they pass the ball and touch. And she's like, no, no, do this. And I am watching this woman's belly do the alien bulge. And I'm just like, not my monkey, not my circus, not my monkey, not my circus, not my monkey. So stressful. So stressful. All I could do to not hop off the bike and run over and be like, I am shocked that you didn't hop off the bike. It took Good for you for not doing it. You've done it before. Because I have done it. Sometimes I think that there is a time and a place for that. And I think that that is a valuable service. I also feel like there are times when I, I have to remind myself as well that I'm not going to solve all of the world's problems and that I might, you know, maybe there's a piece of data that we're missing. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> maybe it's know. okay. And I, I just like, you know what? This is, this woman is exercising. She's in her early seventies and she is exercising totally. and, and she is here and she is getting stronger and dear totally. Jesus lead her to somebody that'll teach her about diastasis at one point. But today it's not me. It is totally. not me. And you never know. She is probably watching you and you, you never know what people are thinking. Well, I'm going to turn my music up a little bit louder and just put my blinders on because I am not going to go over and palpate that stomach right now. Oh, I'm not going to do it. Goodness. Not going to do it. You might do it tomorrow, but you didn't well, do it or next you week. Do it you tomorrow, I, if you do do it tomorrow, I do need you to set your phone up and start a video recording there so that we go. can capture that because there it would be valuable to watch. You could do an undercover. I mean, that's a new TV show. That's, yeah. that's, your, new, that's your new YouTube series. The undercover physical. The undercover core. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> that is pretty good. I like it. <laughs> not sure about all the waivers and things we'd have to get. <laughs> you know. oh, and the camera geez. did it somehow. Yeah. Wait, who? 
candid camera. I mean, you know, they, that's their practice. So they, yeah. they're, you just get their legal team on board and you're good to go. Good to go. Yeah. I don't know if that would fly in the new GDPR rules and all that. Yeah, probably not. Oh man. <laughs> well, it has been awesome to talk to you. Likewise. I feel like I could talk to you forever. I think I say that about a lot of my, all of my guests. I mean, I only pick guests I like to talk to. Oh, way to make me not feel special anymore. (laughs) I was like, wait, no, I think I actually have said that. Yeah. You don't tell people that though. You you tell people that it's just you. It's It's just you. It's all you. You You and me and undercover core. Where can people find you if they want to? They can find me in a lot of different places. Uh, They can find me in my house, but that's not preferable. They can find me on HaleyShevener.com, at HaleyShevener on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Uh, They can find me in this course that uh, is not available yet, but if you're on either of those sources, you will see me and you will see it. Um, yes. But yeah, those are the easiest ways to get in touch with me. Social media for sure. And HaleyShevner.com. Cool. Yeah. We'll put all that in the show notes. For and sure. what is your favorite exercise? Right oh, now? Beth. Oh man. That's like choosing my favorite child. Right, and I only, only have get one. one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only have one kid, so that's good. Um, okay. Today, today, my favorite exercise you know, it's got to be the snatch. There's nothing more frustrating and fulfilling for me than when that's feeling good. I just feel like I could go forever. Yeah. And it's a really powerful, dynamic movement um, that just really resonates with me. It ends up with your arm here with a heavy kettlebell yeah. and you just feel like a boss. Yeah. So, you know, we, we made stickers on fit to be, we have this little sticker thing. Cause our members wanted stickers. I didn't know oh, if people want stickers. that, but, but they, yeah, it's, it's a thing. And yeah. I, I came up with all these things to put on these stickers. Yes. Um, and one of my ideas that Chris vetoed was strong snatch. I yep. see. Okay. I, I love hearing you say that because I want to name my kettlebell course snatch a female specific kettlebell approach. I love it. I, I do too. And my husband was like, oh, that's vulgar. And I was like, no, but you, it's not. And it is an actual legitimate weightlifting. It's a legitimate. Yes. And it's cheeky. And, uh, see, I, I am going to say that if you can hang with that best, you, you just sealed the deal. So I I hang with that. I, I think for the course, I think that works actually. Because you're talking about, you know, a specific move that you're going to probably talk about in the course and everything. Yeah, totally. When, when right. we have one or two kettlebell workouts in our entire thing, and we have a sticker that you're supposed to put on your workout that says strong snatch, I'm not sure. Well, when you have me contribute, <laughs> I want that sticker. Okay. <laughs> We will add it. Put it on my water bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And I will get you a (laughs) t-shirt. Right? Hashtag strong snatch. Come on. Uh, I'm not sure you want to search that. Well, you know, yeah, that could be. That could go bad. I'm sure we have some listeners right now that are going, what's the deal? I don't understand. I don't understand. And that's okay. We're not going to explain it for you. You can probably guess. (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this has been great. So, so, so good. All right. Thank you for Have a great day, Haley. Super. Absolutely. You too. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Okay, friends and fans, if our podcast floats your goat, you should subscribe to Fit to Be Radio and also follow us on Twitter at Fit to Be, on Instagram at Fit to Be Studio, and on Facebook via Fit to Be Tummy Safe Fitness. That's my rooster. 
I'd also love for you to join fitspe.com so you can work out with me. Plus, that's how we pay our bills that keep our lights on, providing family-friendly workouts that help you make a strategic return to fitness. See you there.